Svarevtis, and welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Asbid David Mizori, Nevada Dot Lodge number one in Boston, welcoming all of you to our 16th podcast episode. Well, I think you'll all agree that this summer now upon us will not be like any summer we've ever known. We're still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and the restrictions and changes that are in place as a result of it. In some areas, things are beginning to open up. It's going to be a while before we become accustomed to what medical and political experts say will be our new normal. We're not there yet. But throughout these last several months, even with the shutdowns, cancellations, and no face-to-face meetings, the work of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan has been and is continuing. Today, we're going to get an update on what is happening both here and in Armenia. We'll be talking to our leaders, our Grand Commander, Stephen Adams, and our Grand Matron, Alice Kalustian, both joining us today from California. Then we'll get an update directly from Armenia as we chat with our communications liaison in Yerevan, Kohar Palyan. Thank you both, first of all, for joining me this morning. You're welcome, David. It's an honor. Good and it's to be a, here, David. Thank you. And it's an honor and pleasure to talk to you both. As I said in my introduction, we've never really seen a time like this, and yet we're all carrying on, and that includes, of course, the work of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. So I'd like to hear from both of you as we get started about, first of all, what's changed in the last few months and how you, our leadership, as well as our lodges in Otyogs, are adapting to this change. Avax Barabid, let me start with you. Well, to say the least, uh, things have changed a lot in uh, our entire society uh, in the past few months. And we're all learning to adapt with uh, with different lifestyles, different situations. And the Knights of Arton are no different. We're learning to, or having to adapt to the society we live in. And that means uh, a lot more uh, online meetings, a lot more emails, phone calls. It's a, a different way of life, at least for the, the time being. Avag Dirui, what about for the daughters? Has it been a major adaptation over these last few months? Major, major change because many of our members, uh, especially our older members, don't have the technology or don't know the technology. So having to do conduct our business by Zoom, by phone, some are not conducting their business, I'm understanding, They're, they they have not moved forward at this. It is a big challenge. It's a big problem. But, you know, they're learning. They're adjusting, most of them. We were having Zoom meetings. I know the Tivans are meeting. It's totally different, but we're all managing. What has it meant in terms of the communication between both of you and your respective Talijas and Otyags around the country. Um, are you hearing from a lot of the members who are saying perhaps well, we're sort of an uncharted territory here and, and we're doing things now that we've never done before in a way that we've never done them? What are some of the questions and or concerns that you're hearing from your members? And I'll give you the start this time. I think mostly it was in the beginning. How can we do this? Is it all right to do this? The questions of what is correct, what is not correct, uh, how are we going to manage, can we have uh, Tivan meetings, who makes the decisions if we can't get all of the sisterhood together to discuss things, especially with the convocation being canceled, we're still conducting our business, there are things to vote on, how are we going to do it, lots and lots of questions. 
But I think that we've kind of fallen into a pattern. Most of them seem to be managing and meeting, and we're fortunate to have quite a few of the sisters who are very adept at what they, from their own work, how to do Zoom, how to conduct meetings. And so I think we're adjusting and we're managing not the way we want to. We want to give each other a hug and uh, can't do that. So, uh, but it's good when we turn on the, the computers and we hear them say, oh, I haven't seen you in so long and I miss you. It's kind of nice to at least have this technology to be able to work with. You were kind enough to join us, Avak Spanabed, for our Autodot Lodge meeting uh, not too long ago, and as was Nakin Avak Spanabed, Dr. Gary Zamanikian. And I know that, that both of you have had a chance now electronically through Zoom, and boy, don't you wish you'd bought stock in that company a few months ago? But it has given you an opportunity, at least electronically, to join with your fellow knights and daughters in a way that would be far more difficult geographically and in terms of time. Well, yes. I mean, as unusual as times are right now, it has offered a kind of a different opportunity for me to attend meetings that I would not have been able to get to at least this often. Usually, you know, Avak Spadabed, if you're lucky, you can get to... You know, maybe in one year you can visit 10, 12 lodges. It's hard to get to every lodge in one year. Uh, so some lodges may not even get a visitation in one year. Where this way, right now, I'm able to go into Zoom meetings. Uh, I was on a Zoom meeting last night um, with my brothers in San Francisco. Uh, I The other day, I was. I actually attended, as Avak Sparabed, uh, two meetings in one night. I was just going to ask <laughs> you was, that. Has that ever happened, where you've actually been able to join two different meetings on the same day? Well, only through Zoom, uh, because I was <laughs> able to attend uh, the Autodot meeting in Boston. And uh, a couple hours later, I attended the Yeprod meeting in Fresno. Uh, so probably the first time an Avax has visited two lodges in one night. So it has given a different opportunity for me to visit lodges and kind of watch their interactions. I try not to, I don't want to attend every lodge meeting on Zoom. Uh, I don't want them to think that the Avax Sparabed is, you know, micromanaging them or watching too carefully. Uh, lodges have their business to take care of. But I do like to get in and uh, and visit with lodges and see brothers that, uh, you know, I may not be able to see this year. Avak Didui, when you and I were corresponding in the days before this interview, you had mentioned to me that you had a number of things that you were involved with with regard to the planning of the convocation. And there might be one or two listeners out there saying, wait a minute, what convocation? We're not going to be in Glendale this year. Well, true, we're not going to California in just a few weeks as we had planned, but at the same time, the business of the Daughters and the Knights of Vartan must continue. So what have you been involved in and uh, what kind of planning goes into putting together what will be for those who attend a virtual grand convocation this year? Well, never having done this before, we're all guessing. It's uncharted territory um, for us all, yeah. I'm, I, the Avachorut and I spoke and we talked and we've had our meetings and we thought that there's too much business to just say we're not going to have a convocation at all. So we're going to have our meetings. I have scheduled the meetings that I ordinarily would have had at the hotel 
with the Nakinavak Diruhi. So we have a meeting with the district reps. We have a meeting with the Diruhi scheduled. And then we have our business meeting where the delegates would also be attending. We've put together our book of reports that you would have picked up when you registered at the hotel and got your little bag with your goodies in it. And that is at the printer, and I should be getting it over the weekend or early next week. And we are mailing those out to all of those who would have been eligible to vote at the convocation, along with a cover letter and, and a ballot and um and it's a lot of uh, extra emails and that sort of thing. But we're hoping to do as much of that as ahead of time as we can so that when we do get together, we can have, you know, somewhat of a business meeting and take care of the things that are important. Now, even though many of our members in both the Knights and the Daughters may be new to the Zoom technology, which is, of course, a video conferencing application for those who don't know, it is not entirely new to the two of you, and Avak Spadabed, you realized not that long ago that this might actually work in terms of bringing all of us together. Tell me how that all came about, because you've had some examples that were fairly successful. Of course, Zoom is not new to us. We had been looking at this at Zoom for the last couple of years as a possible platform, and there were, even prior to this pandemic, we had some meetings that were being held on Zoom. So it wasn't a new technology. I like going to the meetings and I like shaking the hands of my brothers and and giving hugs and and seeing our brothers and sisters in person. So this has been kind of hard. And when the realization came probably around March that the Grand Convocation was not going to come off as normal, uh, I started looking at alternatives. You know, what, what could we do? Uh, we had a plan A, B, C. You know, maybe we'll hold just a meeting. We'll hold no events. Uh, maybe we would cancel the whole thing. And I was really up in the air uh, at that point in time as to what road we were going to take. And it was a few months after that that I held a meeting on Zoom of all local commanders. Uh, we had our district reps. We had our past grand commanders on the meeting. We had about 40 people on a Zoom meeting. And it went so well that I left that meeting and I said, you know, I think this would be an alternative for, uh, in place of the Grand Convocation, for us to hold our meetings, the Avak College. So it was at that point in time I realized that I I think we could make this work. It's offering its own challenges. It's hard getting up and talking about things and giving opinions and voting on items when you're not there in person. You know, we do it through Zoom, but it's it's there's something that does miss a little bit. I think maybe it's the passion, possibly, uh, when we talk on the floor of the Avak College. But you know, I think we can make this work. And I after that meeting, I realized that. So that's the what we put into motion for uh, for us coming up this year. I think we should also mention, just as an addendum to this particular thing, in that a lot of people who may be disappointed that they're not going to Glendale this summer. Fear not, folks, because you will have another chance. The 2021 Grand Convocation will be held in Glendale at the same location. And uh, so if you you know, miss your chance this year, as we all are, you'll be able to do it in 2021. Because, of course, Glendale, for those who don't know, is really the heart of the Armenian community in California, if I'm not mistaken. It's a wonderful place to have a Grand Convocation. 
it really sounds like in some areas, not all, but in some areas, and I'll, 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 I'll start with you on this, that the rule book, so to speak, is out the window. You've really had to, well, punt here, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you, you think you've got it right, and maybe it's going to work, and then you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and you think, oh, my goodness, I wonder if it really will, and, and should I do it this way, and maybe I shouldn't have said that, maybe I should have said this. And it, it, it's really, yeah, it's really challenging. But I think it's working because one of the things that I've seen is, or I've heard is that some of the Otiags that have uh, sisters who can't, no longer wish to come out late at night. They don't drive at night. Some of them have been able to join the meetings, which is great. So that, and there, there's good things to this too. And we are kind of throwing out the rule books. I get a lot of, uh, not so much now, but I was getting a lot of questions in the beginning as to what was going to be acceptable to do. And, you know, pretty much whatever works that is not outside of the realm of what we believe in, then we're going to try it. We're going to see if it works. Talk a little bit about what the challenges are besides the technology and all of that. I know that probably one of the biggest disappointments, if not the biggest disappointment, is just not having that direct personal interaction. Um, You know, yes, we are an organization, but we are also a brotherhood and a sisterhood, and we're really an extended family, and... uh, to not see that family for a long time is difficult. What, in both of your opinions, and Avak Spadabed, I'll start with you on this one, has been the biggest challenge, aside from the technology, that we've all had to deal with? And do you think it will make us all stronger members when it's all over? Well, I think you you hit on the, the biggest challenge, at least, well, I, there's two challenges that I have come to mind. Of course, the biggest one in my mind is what you just talked about, and that was not being able to see each other in person because we are a brotherhood and not being able to shake my brother's hand and not being able to talk and even outside the meeting and just getting ready for the meeting and and, and how are you doing and how are you feeling? And what's going on with your family? That's been one of the most difficult pieces. Um, you know, the, the second one probably would just be uh, the logistics of, running a lodge when you can't meet. Um, so we've resorted to the technology to try to overcome that, but uh, it's, it's, that's still a difficult challenge to conduct the business when you know, we have to meet online. And Avag Didui, is part of the problem also the fact that we don't know exactly when all this is going to be over and the, the actual new normal will begin? It's difficult because we're, we postpone the convocation till next year. Many of us are planning and talking like we're hopefully going to be able to start meeting in September. We don't know if that's going to happen. And there's also the, the fact that even if the government says it's okay, many people are going to be apprehensive to, to start doing that for a while and getting together. And we're going to have to come up with how are we going to have a dinner? How are we going to social distance? Are we going to have masks? How are we going to eat our dinner together and, and literally not be in each other's faces, but yet be together? So yeah, we don't know. So we try to plan, but 
you know, the plans are still up in the air with all of it. I did want to mention that last night, the San Fernando Valley, the uh, Gainiotiag and, and Sevan Lodge had their m- monthly meeting, and they did it together with one Zoom invitation. The sisters met at 7. We had a speaker at 8, and the brothers had their meeting at 8.30. But because we had a joint speaker, they did it with the one invitation. And it was interesting for me that um, they were able to plan this and do it, and I think it worked well. Um, The only problem that I could see is that we, uh, the sister had had a lot of business to conduct, and because it takes those few minutes in the beginning to get everybody on, and then people start joining a little bit earlier than when the men's meeting started, the women did not have quite enough time to um, do what they needed to do. But it was interesting that they did it that way, all in one night, just as though we were meeting together. So that was kind of fun. Now, of course, the projects, and there are many projects that the Knights of Vartan as an organization and our individual lodges and otyags are involved in, uh, some here in the United States, but many of them in Armenia. Have you both been in contact with our liaison, Koharpalyan in Yerevan, with regard to the progress of our many projects, and we're going to be talking to her in just a short while later in this program, and we'll get a direct update from there. But what has the communication been like between uh, the two of you and Armenia in terms of uh, what's getting done now? Avak Spadabed, I'll start with you. So my, my daily routine when I wake up in the morning is the first thing I do is check my emails to see, to check all my emails from Kohar in Armenia. So it's almost a daily communication whether it's projects or ideas or working on social media, there's always something going on. You know, we're, we're trying to follow you know, closely what's happening in Armenia. As I know that you know, our annual Veratarts Haidani trip back to Armenia that we usually do in September uh, has been, I don't want to say canceled, I'm going to say postponed uh, till next year, uh, where we actually get to go visit the projects uh, that we have been sponsoring and working on in Armenia, where we get to see them firsthand. Uh, so we are watching very carefully what's happening over there. Like you said, we still have projects that are ongoing. I can mention you know, one that we just finished up uh, in this last month, and that was the uh, IO fundraising for COVID relief in Armenia. We were very fortunate and one of our past grand commanders, Nikolos Atanizian, and his wife, Rosette, offered a matching grant up to $5,000. And I just got notification yesterday that, in fact, the Knights had raised $5,000. It was matched by the $5,000 matching grant. So it was a $10,000 donation to I.O. for COVID relief, primarily in the Tavush region. So there are projects like this you know, that, that are continually going on, along with projects that the local lodges have. Not knowing when it's going to end here and there does tend to complicate things, but uh, yet things are still progressing. And as I said, we'll hear far more about that from Kohar in just a short uh, while. I'm going to put the two of you on the spot here for a moment, if I may, and I beg your pardon for that. But um, as we now enter the, well, we're well into the third month and approaching the fourth of uh, this COVID-19 crisis here in the United States and around the world— um, a lot of people are wondering, perhaps, what, because we're not meeting together as groups face-to-face, what is it that we can continue to do to stay 
active and to keep involved with the projects that are going on, both as a lodge and even as individual members. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that and uh, what you might suggest. And Avak Didui, Avak Spadabit, whoever wants to jump in first. Um, I, I think that um, most of the, uh, much of the support um, that we have in our projects is, of course, uh, the charitable donations that, that we make to so many uh, projects in Armenia and here in, in our local areas. We have our, many of the Otiaks have their, their uh, pet charities that they, they support yearly. And I think that's going to be a real challenge because they raise funds with their dinners and their programs and their different projects that they do in person. So I think that that's going to be a little difficult this coming year. I'm hoping that they'll come up, we'll be able to come up with some ideas of things that we can do virtually that may help us in this in this respect. But we have very innovative sisters. I'm sure they're going to think of ways to do this. Oh, you certainly do. Avak Spadabed. Yeah, I think I can address that in, in two two different ways in keeping ourselves together. So I was on a, uh, a Zoom meeting with my brothers in Detroit, the Nadek Shavashan Lodge, and all of a sudden somebody mentioned something about coffee hour. And I said, coffee hour? What's coffee hour? And they said, oh, you have to join us this Friday, every Friday. Uh, we have a Zoom meeting. It's not a meeting, I'm sorry, a Zoom get-together of our uh, some of our brothers, and we just sit down with our coffee and they just chat about how you're doing and just to keep in contact with each other. And I thought that was such a great idea. I actually suggested it in our local lodge here in Fresno. Uh, Yeprod Lodge did has done it for a couple, uh, ours were on Saturdays, where the brothers can just get together because some of our brothers I haven't seen in months, including some of the members of my own Avaktiban, I haven't seen in months because we're not getting together in person. All of our meetings have been on Zoom, so it's it's nice to be able to get onto to, to Zoom. There's other platforms our lodges, and some have been using Google Meet to to get together and and see each other. So I think that's one of the ways we we kind of keep in contact. Uh, the other thing that it really was re-emphasized to me, and you know I have to remind everybody, you know Knights of Artan, we give donations, we sponsor schools in Armenia. But that's just one small piece, the ability to, to do that. Uh, the Brotherhood really consists of more than that. And I was reminded of that when I sat in numerous lodge meetings on Zoom. And when we talked about the local churches, because I said, I've mentioned, and one of my emphasis has been uh, that you know our local churches, our Armenian schools are suffering, not just spiritually, but financially. And as Knights of Artan, one of our charges is support of the Armenian schools, Armenian churches. As I sat in that meeting and all of a sudden discussion came up, it was reminded me that, oh, those men that are sitting around this meeting in Zoom, oh, this one's the treasurer of the parish council. This one's on the board of trustees. This one's, so they're out there serving. So it's not just our financial donations, but it's our hands-on, feet-to-the-ground work that the Knights of Artan does as individuals serving in our community, leadership in our churches and our schools and our different organizations. This is another key factor of the Knights of Artan. And sometimes it kind of gets passed over because it's done very quietly and we don't realize that some of our members are out there doing these things. But as, you know, as I sat in the meeting and all of a sudden realized that 
you know, four or five of those people that on this Zoom meeting are also working on their parish councils. You know, it's it's been hard. It's hard for the churches. You know, a lot of our churches have been streaming their church services out. They have. Live. I've and, been watching uh, yours every Sunday. Yeah, we see your name come up on there <laughs> every Sunday. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard for the faithful to watch these things uh, streaming online without actually being there. But let me tell you, as one who serves in the church uh, on Sundays, doing the live streaming and serving on the altar, it's extremely difficult for those that are in church, our parish priests, our deacons, maybe our one choir member, that to, to conduct service and look out, and this struck me on Easter Sunday, when you look out across the church and see an empty church, that's hard. And this is going to take some work to as we're starting to open back up again and this is one of the challenges of Knights of Arton so it's it's not just financial but it's also you know hands-on work in our local communities no you're absolutely right about that and one of our uh knocking spot beds here in Boston Der Antranik Baljan who is the pastor of the St. Stephen's Armenian Apostolic Church of Greater Boston said the same thing he says you know I'm there and I'm doing the service and I know that people are watching but the church is empty, and that, that fellowship, that camaraderie is just not there anymore. And I know that you both know that because both of you are very intimately involved yes. in your respective churches in California. How do you think that the Knights and the Daughters of Vartan will emerge when this is all over? Do you think that we'll be a stronger organization because of our ability to continue our work through these very difficult times? And Avagdidawi, I'll start with you. Yes, I think um, doing this is is, uh, causing us to really think a little deeper. I think that the way we conduct our business will probably be a little different than it has been in the past. And I think that coming out of this, we'll be so excited to go forward that I think maybe the enthusiasm will be uh, just a little bit higher, a little bit stronger, because there'll be happy we'll all be so happy to be able to just get out there and and do what we normally do i i think it will uh hopefully uh, we will be stronger and and conduct all of our business all of our services better i'll box about a bit what will we be like when this is all over you know this is a huge challenge for us we don't know when this is going to end we hope it may be in the fall over later in the summer? The answer is, we don't know. So we have to be adaptable to the situations we're in. You know, as Armenians, if you look back across our history, we've had a lot of challenges. And I think that as a nation, we have learned to adapt, and I think we'll adapt this time. So do I think we'll come out stronger? Yeah, I think we will. Like I said, it, it is a challenge, and I think that one thing Armenians have had going for them is, you know, they've never shied away from a challenge. We've always managed to survive, and I think we'll survive this. And maybe this just gives us another opportunity, or maybe this actually forces us to look at ways of communicating with each other that we might not have done before. So does that mean that at some point in time we'll go all the way back to regular meetings and Zoom meetings will completely go away? You know, maybe not. You know, maybe we'll learn from this and learn to use Zoom as a tool that even though we do meet in person again, 
you know, we just use this as a tool to help bring people together. You know, why not? Why not hold coffee hours once in a while uh, on Zoom uh, to bring brothers together? You know, one thing we've, we've learned is that when you're in a Zoom meeting, no matter where you're at, you can attend the meeting. You know, I've been on many Zoom meetings where Very you true. see people out, you know, uh, walking, uh, exercising. Um, well, do you remember our town? meeting? Do you remember our meeting, Avax Badabed? One of our members was out training for a marathon. He was a, he's yeah. a, a constant runner of the Boston Marathon. He's out running, and we can see him going, <laughs> and, but he was paying, and he was participating in the meeting. So, yeah, it, it allows you to do it from anywhere. I want to thank both of you for joining me today and keeping us updated, and also to thank you because over these last few months, uh, you've both done such a terrific job through our communications office in keeping all of us informed of what is happening and what we need to know. It's been very, very important to all of us. And so I, I want to thank you both for being so diligent and so terrific in terms of keeping everybody informed on what we are all doing. So Avak Spadabid, Stephen Adams, and Avak Didawi, Alice Kalustian, it has been a pleasure, as always, to talk to you, and we wish you both the best. Thank you, thank David. You, David. Let's go right now to Yerevan and our communications liaison there, Kohar Palyan. Kohar, good to talk to you. First, before we get to our projects in Armenia, tell me what you're seeing when you're out and about in the city. Are people following instructions? Are they social distancing? Are they wearing their masks? What is it you're seeing? It sounds like countries divided in two parts, and one part definitely is following very strictly, and the other part is not really following. Like I can, when I go out, I can see people wearing gloves and masks and uh, walking with distance and being very careful, using the sanitizer for their hands very often. But also there are people who would just sit in their backyards with groups with or without masks and play tableau. That's the case as well. Or waiting on the line to go to grocery store for the payment or to the bank. They are uh, separate spots uh, with distance so people can uh, stand there. Some people are following. In the beginning, it was even bad, but right now it's getting better. So in any case, we can see both people following the rules and people not following the rules. The things that are closed are restaurants inside. Restaurants, like whatever, whichever has outdoors, it's open. The schools were closed. I mean, they were online from March. All schools in Armenia and universities went online. Even uh, examinations were done online. And we are hoping from September they will be back, but we don't see the end of this for now. Yeah, we don't over here either. And my, my own son, who just graduated from graduate school, he spent his entire last three months of his final semester uh, working online from home. And, you know, they didn't have a graduation ceremony or anything, so... It's been, for the students here and in Armenia, quite a different experience from, say, what you and I had gone through uh, when we left college. What about travel to Armenia? What have you heard about that? Are people traveling in and out of the country yet, or is that still pretty much on hold? It's pretty much on hold. Uh, no travels is allowed. And only time by time, Armenian citizens can travel back to Armenia but they have to, there are certain chartered flights, of course. They have to stay in, uh, in quarantine in a hotel provided by government for about 10 days. And if they are not affected by COVID-19, then they can stay another four days or so at home and then they are free to walk around. 
Talk about what this has meant now in terms of the many projects that the Knights and the Daughters of Vartan are involved in in Armenia. Clearly, the pandemic has had to have had some effect, but also from what I have been hearing from you in your news releases and also in the press, work is continuing. Tell us what's happening. I would like to share two big projects that right now we are partnering with local organizations and those are ongoing. One is with the Fuller Center for Housing Armenia. As you know, last year, Avak Talij voted for um, one house to support uh, and build with Fuller Center, and that is ongoing for the family um, selected and will be done by the end of year. However, there were five more families that were supported with Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Aspects individually as well. So that was a big increase for this year. All projects are completed and uh, the reports are sent through email, also posted on our website. So when you go koafb.org, national projects, and that part is open. You don't have to log in have to have your own login to go and check these files. Anyone can check it. So when you go to national projects, you can see the menu with different projects and the Fuller Center pro- uh, line. When you enter, you will scroll down and you will see all those reports. And the other big one ongoing is the renovation at the Knights of Vartan 106 public school in Yerevan, North District. This renovation is being implemented in partnership with Paros Foundation, just like last year. And fundraising is organized by Narek and Shavarshan Lodge from Detroit. This year, uh, the renovation project includes auditorium, electrical wires, and the remaining windows and doors. Um, They had part of the windows and doors renovated, replaced long time before, and there are some more. So we will be finishing all this this year. Another one is supporting uh, the family of Nona Algachian. During the help of, from Erebuni Lodge, as you remember, we had the project from Erebuni Lodge for Christmas gifts for four disadvantaged families. Right. One of them was uh, Nona Algachian's family, and they, she had five children, and she was on her own. But then things developed, and now her husband is back with the family, which is really great news. And they were not able to pay the loan for the house because they are renting it out. They have no place of their own. And due to, due to COVID-19 lockdown in Armenia, they had no jobs because the, the businesses they were working with were stopped and our help for them was very, very generous and uh, very essential at that moment. That help is coming from Ani Lodge now. From February, they have been supporting for the home rent of this family and most likely will continue a couple of more months until they get on their own. On the other hand, we have more projects. For example, as you know, we raise funds for... COVID-19 relief, we, in partnership with IO program of uh, FAR, and those were food uh, and hygiene packages delivered to Davush region. And this is even ongoing. The link is on the website, and it's also on our Facebook page. If anyone is interested, they can still make donations now. That's a wonderful fundraising drive there, and it actually began in some ways with one of our own 
I can even say what is the website. So it's weareio.org. Oh, so we, so in W-E-A-R-E-A-Y-O, is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, got it. Thank you. All right, so folks, you know the link for that, and uh, we certainly hope that you'll participate. If you haven't yet, it's a wonderful cause, and of course it goes to helping our brothers and sisters uh, in Armenia who are also, just like the rest of the world, affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So as you know, we have like national organization doing uh, support and uh, projects in Armenia and Lodges and Ochecks doing their own projects and individual members who are doing the projects either individually or they have their own uh, non-profit organizations founded here in Armenia. For example, Anushavan Abrahamian, uh, who is an aspect from California, has educational fund and is supporting uh, vocational schools in Artsakh and in Armenia. And also Tigran Sahakyan has another, uh, our Svarape Tigran Sahakyan from Brooklyn, New York, has a foundation in Armenia. I think it's called Sahakyan and Bagramian Foundation, and they are doing projects as well. Uh, that is more related to Bryusov, University. They have scholarships there and essay contests. But also we have um, Medzorian Foundation, who recently donated um, for the uh, St. Hovannes Church in Bert Town in Tawish region. Thank you, David, and thank you to Medzorian family. That was in memory of my of my dad, who passed away two months ago, and, and Bert and that entire region, the Tawish region of Armenia, as you know, Kohar meant a great deal to him and and to my mother, who is still, thank goodness, with us. And uh, they made, I don't know how many trips there from 1989 on. They sort of adopted it as their their second home in Armenia. So it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful thing for us to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So their Aram is very excited for this support and they bought a new organ. And I know there have a number of other things that still they can buy and support their church. So number of other projects that still are ongoing here in Armenia. I may or may not hear about it when individual knights and daughters are doing this, but if you pro- if they provide me, anyone hearing this, provide me the information, I can post on this Facebook, on our uh, social media platforms and on our website, on our right. I will be always happy to hear the great work our um, organization and members are doing individually as well. So lots of wonderful work going on in Armenia. Kohar, thank you so very much for uh, keeping us up to date on what is happening in Armenia. And uh, when knights and daughters uh, have events in their own particular lodges in Otyags, once events begin again, you'd certainly like to hear about them. What is the best way to connect with you and to submit 
photographic material and articles for inclusion, either in the social media or in the Avarai? Definitely through email, knightsofvartan at gmail.com. Kohar, thank mm-hmm. you so very much. And I'd like to offer you the last word here. If there's anything you'd like to say just to our, our listeners, either in English or in Armenian. Uh, saying a few words for our knights and daughters of Vartan, I'm very thankful for their support and for the organization and mission in Armenia. It is wonderful to work with them and the big changes they are making for the families we are working with and in partnership with the organization that we are working. Uh, unfortunately, this year we will not be able to travel, neither I to U.S. nor uh, the org- members to Armenia, but I will take pictures and try to make the video so I can share the good news with um, our uh, organization. And we'll be missing seeing each other. <laughs> We'll be missing our trip to Armenia, too, but uh, already the plans are underway for us to have it next year. Uh, the Veratats Haidenik, this will be number five, and uh, the plans are for September of 2021, um, if everything allows, and we certainly hope that it will. And, of course, the same thing applies to our Grand Convocation, which was only a few weeks away originally in Glendale, California, but, of course, the COVID-19 situation uh, made that impossible this year, and so they have already rescheduled that same place in Glendale, California, the heart of the Armenian community in California, in July of 2021. Kohar, thank you very much for spending a few minutes with us, and stay safe and healthy there in Yerevan, and we're sending you all of our best here from the United States. You take care. Thank you. Take care and stay healthy. My thanks as always to Kohar Palian for taking some time to keep us all up to date on the situation in our motherland. Kohar, of course, manages all of our media resources for the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, our website at kofv.org, our newsletters, Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, and of course our digital and print publication, Avarai. You can find links to all of these resources on the website at kofv.org. My thanks also to our leaders, Grand Commander Stephen Adams and our Grand Matron, Alice Kaluschian. If you have comments about a Talking Vartan podcast or you have an idea for a future podcast episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me directly via the Talking Vartan Facebook page or by email at talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. I'll say that again, talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. Well, that will do it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me. And as always, special thanks to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorki Lorki, from his album, One Take, Armenian Dance Songs. You can listen to and download all of our Talking Vartan podcasts, and there are many ways to do so. Of course, you can visit our Talking Vartan Facebook page, our website at kofv.org, or anywhere online that you go for podcasts, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and many other streaming platforms. Just go there and type in Talking Vartan. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast, is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Osped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. Please be safe and be healthy, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones. 
I'm Osped David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge Number no. One in Boston. Minch hajor handipum, shnoragalem sireli parigamnet. 